What's up, my chaotic crew? Bentley Michaels here. Hey, on this very special episode, I just wanted to let you know, if you haven't seen it in your podcasting service, this episode is explicit. Normally, we beep out, you know, you know, the curse words. Sometimes I, you know, I miss them, but most of the time we get them. Uh, this episode is not bleeped. So if you listen, you know, like on a speaker at work or, you know, if you're offended by cursing, that sort of thing, I just wanted to give you a heads up before you got into the episode. But this episode is very, very cool. It has Anthony Reed from the Adventure Incorporated podcast. I got to play on that podcast. Uh, yeah, it's very cool. We just talked DM stuff. We talked Dungeons and Dragons. If you're if you're a nerd about the process and you just want to hear about, you know, people just like you talking about D&D, this is the episode for you. Also, make sure you check out awesomedice.com. Use our promo code chaotic at checkout. Get 15% off of your order. But you know what time it is, babies. Let's hear that music. In a vast landscape full of adventurers, you are now listening to the world of Chaotic Amateurs. And what's up, Chaotic Crew? Bentley Michaels here with a very special Chaotic Amateurs. Oh, remember when we had on old pal Josh Lormer from the Sneak Attack podcast? We talked D&D, we talked childhood, we talked everything. Well, I was uh, lucky enough to go on another D&D podcast. I got to play uh, on the Adventure Incorporated podcast, and I suckered in their DM, old Anthony Reed, to uh, coming on here and talking about D&D and all sorts of stuff, and I'm thinking this might be a tri-quarterly uh, uh, installment, a tri-quarterly installment of uh, interviews with DMs, or maybe, you know, if they're more popular, you know, we'll do more. So we now have, even though uh, right now we're on Skype, uh, Anthony is very kind, and he has, uh, um, he's recording on his end, so it's going to, oh, oh yeah, macho man, I'm telling you, we got <laughs> studio quality here. <laughs> That's the man himself there laughing right there. Anthony, say hello to all of the chaotic crew. Uh, I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me on, Bentley. I'm excited to talk to all of you, and uh, this will be a lot of fun. Yes. Uh, what was it? It was like two or three months ago I came on and played? Yeah, yeah, about three months ago. I think January. How um, did that happen? Because I don't remember. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, so uh, for our uh, Patreon episodes, we love oh. to have special guests come on. Um, from other podcasts, just to have an opportunity to hear different voices, to see, play with some different people. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. They're all good, like, one-shot episodes, mm -hmm. and so they're a lot of fun to have people on. Uh, so I put out a call on Twitter for anyone who had a show, and uh, you were like, hey, I'm I'm on a show. Oh, I, I gotcha. do a thing. And I was like, excellent. Come and talk to me. And that's where we went. It was fun. We had, uh, I had so much fun with you on the show. It was such a blast. So, oh, uh, cool. It I'm will glad. not be your last time. <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah. I, uh, it's always weird going into do to a dynamic because you guys do it because you guys are spread out all over America. And, yes. uh, you guys are all old college buddies. Is that how it works? Yeah. We were in an improv troupe together in college. Oh, perfect. Yeah. And uh, uh, and then you all spread out, but then uh, you're like, hey, uh, what? Uh, we're going to bounce all over the place uh, because now this is where we're at. So, like, what made you? Were you listening to like D and D podcasts, and what like made you want to start this one? 
Yeah, so uh, before this show started, I was doing a podcast with my brother. Um, he and I were doing a professional wrestling podcast. Oh, yeah, you uh, were. No wonder you yeah, like we the were. Macho Man so much. <laughs> oh, yeah, it kills me. Um, so basically, every month, we were going over the cards for the pay-per-view and like making our picks and betting against each other for a title belt. Oh, cool. Uh, and putting it out as a podcast. And then after the pay-per-view, we'd discuss it. Uh, and that was really fun. We were really enjoying that. And then the, around uh, three years ago, they did the brand split. And there were so many pay-per-views, I just, we could not keep up anymore. Yeah, and, so, and I'm sure it's a little heavy on the old wallet there. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it was it was a nightmare. So we just passed on that. We that that went away, and that's yep. fun. Uh, but it was it was fine. Um, and at this around the same time, one of our players was going through a particularly hard uh, time personally, and it was yeah. an old friend of mine from college. I hadn't seen him in about a, a decade, mm-hmm. and uh, we were like, one of my other friends was like, "Hey, man, we should we should do something to really include him. We should all play a D and D game, get the whole crew together uh, over the internet, and we'll play D and D." You know, just to have give him something to do because he's oh, having cool. a hard time. And I was like, we could do that, but we will literally play twice and then never play again because that's just how trying to put together a D&D group works, uh, oh. as I'm sure many people are aware. Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening to this and you play, dude, you know the fucking struggle. <laughs> like, we, the, and we're, we're gonna, I've got boss. a few. Uh, <laughs> I actually took a page out of your book because one of our guys, he got like... Straight up, I it, it sounds like a joke, but I'm pretty sure he, was serious. he actually got like swine flu, uh, <laughs> and like he was like, my doctor says I'm fine. Like once I have 24 hours of like not, um, you know, showing signs, and that'll be tomorrow. I was like, fuck you, call in via Skype. Like, <laughs> I was like, don't bring that shit into my house, like because we play in my in my living room. Like I've got a whole I've got a whole living room uh set up and it's just like around a bunch of tables. I got a couple tables and then like a bunch of, you know, comfy couches and chairs and stuff and I just leave the mic set up and all that sort of stuff and I just and uh you know and we and we go out and play. Uh but that's, that was the, the best. That, I oh. I wouldn't have done that had I not seen the great result because there's been other times where I was like, "No, I like being in the room." But it was really interesting to me the actual feel like the you guys have a really good feel and i guess maybe it's just like you know you guys got used to the the skypeness of it all or whatever and like kind of like where the lag is and that sort of thing but it it was such a blast to play because i think fuck we played for like three and a half almost four hours or something like that yeah just about and it was so much fun and i i didn't think it was going to be that much fun because i was like the internet and this, but then you guys were all like on, like, you know, you guys, I saw all of your guys' screens and I could see everyone. What was really weird was, uh, um, what's, uh, what's the gal's name? Steph. Stephanie. Yeah. Right. I, I just know her from her Instagram thing. Cause she started following me cause we both love dogs and, uh, we both have big old, <laughs> Oh, you, I showed you my dog, my big old bozo dog. Yep, yep. Um, but, um, but like, I didn't realize her and the other guy were dating and they're probably, they were probably sitting at the same table. So like how she was like looking over to him on my screen, I kept thinking there was somebody behind me. So if like, if you were to watch, like if you were to watch like video playback, anytime, like she would look over to him, I would like look over my left shoulder. Like what the fuck? Like, (laughs) and that's actually been the biggest because when we first started the show, they weren't dating. Oh, okay. Um, Like I said, we were all friends in college, but, uh, they reconnected because of the show. Um, Oh, you guys made a love story. Yeah. What happens when they cool. break up? Uh, that's what I said. I said, <laughs> honestly, when uh, when Mike messaged me and told me that 
he and Steph were starting to date, I said, if you fucking tank this show, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Dude, that's so fucking funny. Like, we had a... Our, our first... our Because we started... Gosh, when did you guys start? We started three years ago this week. Oh, wow. Last week. Three years ago last week. Awesome. Yeah, I think our, our three-year anniversary was April Fool's Day, I believe. Uh, we started recording before that, but I think our first release was in April, on April 1st. Yeah, Day. same. We we had, I think, uh, like f- uh, three or four episodes in the tank before we started releasing because I, I am a stickler. We release Monday morning at 5 a.m., mm. period. <laughs> yeah, we're... <laughs> we, ours is similar. Like, we're, def- we're on Mondays, and like I think before we started, we had 10, maybe, in the mm-hmm. tank, just because I was like... Look, man, we're all gung ho about it now, but you know, yep, life and shit's gonna pop up, and like this is a big chunk of time because we sit down. We used to only sit down for like three hours, but now we sit down from eleven to four about once a month, and so we, we did the and opposite. We get four hours a sesh. When we started, we were recording for five hours, mm. five hour sessions. We were still pretty new at it, and so uh, and I was. I've learned a lot as an editor. I've learned a lot as a DM running yep. these things, but. Out of five hours, we would pull about three episodes. Oh, okay. Wow. Three hour-long episodes. Um, now, we record for three hours, and I pull two episodes out. Oh, so, nice. And, and they're like an hour and 20 minutes now. So mm. there's a lot less waste, first yeah. of all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, yeah, it's worked for us a lot better. Yeah, I've noticed, like, I've gotten it because I've been DMing. So we're on our third season, technically. Our first season was 25, and I was a player, and I had never played before. That's why we're called Chaotic Amateurs. Like, our our DM, Rhett, who's now our our dwarf, he had played four, but he didn't know five. Uh, Mm. And the other two guys hadn't played. Or one had played, like, once, and then, like, uh, Caleb, uh, uh, one of our guys, he and I had kind of, like, done like a 30 minute of like the tester like the 5e like starter pack adventure or whatever yep Yep. just to see if like because i i didn't play before i had no like i mean i knew what it was but he came up to me he's like you want to play you know you want to be on a d uh, you want to play D &D?" I was like fuck you nerd like no (laughs) (laughs) he's like we had and he's like he's like but what you do is you do improv and you can do voices and then i start he goes listen to this podcast so i started listening to sneak attack and i listened to Mm. Like five episodes, I go. Is this what is this what D and D is? He goes, yeah. And I goes, dude, I love this. He goes, you want to start a podcast? I was like, you're goddamn right, I do. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Yeah, uh, we we ran the the gamut in terms of experience. Uh, a few of my players. Um, so like, I started playing in 2000 when the third edition came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few of my players had played longer than that, um, and then I had players who uh, had never. Uh, played role playing games at all before, okay. or had a, a the bald guy with all the experience. clothes hanging in the background. He seems like he's played a long time. Oh yeah, yeah, he played second edition, I think. So okay, uh, yeah, he's he's. A, he's <laughs> I don't remember hand. everybody's name. I just remember what they look like. <laughs> sure, that was Rob. Yeah, okay, Rob. Rob. Uh, Rob's played some some D and D in his day. Uh, I can and, tell. And, yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's a fair assessment. Um, <laughs> Uh, but you know, I'd played for a long time, but I'd never played fifth edition. No one at the table had played fifth edition, mm. um, which was part of the appeal to me because I'd read the books and I really wanted to play. Yeah. Um, and so I was really looking forward to that. Uh, That's and awesome. I love it. I think it's a really good addition to the game. I basically learned by listening to sneak attack. And then I started to read the player's handbook and I was like, God, all these words. And so 
And so I just like I just like read up on my characters, like whatever my character could do. I just read specifically on those things, and then like, and that's all I did for like the first because uh, first season was like twenty five episodes, and then what happened is we lost people, and so what ended up it ended up being our DM and myself and Caleb, and then I played two parts. And then like, <laughs> and then like, you know, and then like we did this little sort of side storyline and then we brought them together where I was interacting with myself and still rolling against <laughs> stuff and like playing against myself in certain scenarios and also, you know, it was all this stuff because I wanted to keep it going. And then we, for season two, uh, I was like, look, I similarly, like I went through a divorce and, mm. and like, I almost didn't f- finish season one. Like, I was like, dude, this sucks. And like, uh, but then I was like, I need something to do. I need, so I just started writing the story, writing the story. And then I started reading the books and I've got, you know, severe ADD and like dyslexia. So it's like what I don't remember or what I do remember is probably incorrect because my brain's jumbled it wrong or whatever. But, you know, (laughs) I finally read the books and I read the Dungeons Master's Guide and I read the player's handbook and stuff. And I half remember some of the stuff and it surprises me sometimes what I remember because they'll do something like, actually, you can't do that because of blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, what the fuck just happened? I'm like... (laughs) Oh my god! <laughs> you know, and I have the opposite problem. I, was like, well, I, been... I just had a uh, spirit came over me. <laughs> I, I have the opposite problem where I've been playing this game now for three years, mm. and uh, people are like, "Oh, can can I do that?" Like, man, I don't know. I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it'll make for good podcasting. Fuck it, why yeah. not? Yeah, <laughs> just just do it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, what uh, what drew you to wanting to DM, or was it just a sort of a necessity thing? I've been DMing for uh, pretty much every game I've ever played since uh, around 2000. So the first time I ever played Dungeons & Dragons, I was working at a summer camp, uh, a Boy Scout summer camp. Of course. Yeah, obviously. And uh, every day at lunchtime, uh, there was a break between lunch and the first afternoon activity where people were supposed to take a rest or whatever. So the staff, some members of the older, older staff had started a D&D game and all the cool kids uh, yeah obviously the cool <laughs> kids at, at boy scout camp uh started a D&D game uh, <laughs> that's the name of your autobiography <laughs> <laughs> and so i was uh watching and they you know eventually i got an opportunity to play i was absolutely in love with it uh and so we went and got a book and uh, the first game of D&D that I played outside of that like one event that one day uh-huh. uh, we didn't have any dice uh, we didn't have we didn't have a really firm grasp on the rules and so the DM at the time just made up the results uh, <laughs> if you said you wanted to do something he just like told you if it worked or not oh cool uh, which is not how you play the game but also was very helpful for just this is it really set my mindset of what the game is which is that it's a collaborative story as long Mm -hmm. as everyone is enjoying what's going on it doesn't the dice results are just a a sort of an expectation manager uh and and otherwise it's a game about telling the narrative uh so i've always been a dm after that point Uh, i've never really play in games i'm always just running them and uh so it was easy for me to be like yeah i'm happy to run the game this is what i want to do this is my thing so I'll run it. You guys can play it and we should do a podcast so that we actually do it every week. Yeah. Because otherwise we'll stop. Yeah. I, they, I, I, I'm actually very surprised about how much joy I get from being the DM. Like the, I hadn't played like our, one of our guys, like he does a birthday session every year for his birthday, uh, Caleb. And, and so he's created this sort of, uh, this, this, uh, it's, a uh, 
what is it? It's like, I always get the name wrong, but it's like Bucky Muckbuckle Detection Agency. And... (laughs) And it's like this tinkerer guy who 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 is our dwarf character, but he's it's a totally different guy. And like they and so we had this really cool like six hour adventure on his birthday last year, and we recorded it all and we released it in between uh, uh, seasons two and three, and we're doing it again here in a in a in like a month or something because it's his birthday again. And we're going back in, and that was like pretty much the last time I had played. Like I played a one shot uh, with like one of our guys who's now on the show, who's another guy who's played like pretty much his entire life, you know, different different versions of it, and you know, three, four, and now five probably. And um, and he's always great. Like I, but I, yeah, in like the last year or so, I played three times, and one of those was on your podcast. So, <laughs> yeah, that happens. Uh, I think I've played three times and yeah, uh, but on my I, podcast. I actually, I really enjoy it because like, I mean, I still kind of get to play like usually my NPCs, depending on what I have to have happen. I do make them roll. Like I, it's not mm. like, oh, we just have a success and like they go like I make them roll. So it makes my, my guys have to be like, oh shit. Okay. Well, the guy that's like leading us through this thing that is played by the guy in charge of the game. Clearly, he we, we got to do some thinking on our feet, you know. Like I always try to make it so I it's like I can kind of play as well, but also it it makes them have to like be a team and do stuff, and it's not just me being like, and this guy knows how to go through every door, and this you know whatever. <laughs> sure, uh, I learned uh, by playing on some of our Patreon episodes where some of the other cast members took over DM duties that I'm actually just like a mediocre player, mm-hmm. uh, and I uh, have a very hard time. Uh, not having my DM brain on now that I've been doing it so long, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm pretty happy in the role that I'm in most of the time. I still, uh, you know, every once in a while I like to play a character. It's fun, uh, but I get to play a lot of characters as a DM. I get to play, uh, yeah. you know, whatever I want to play whenever I want to play it. So yeah, that's uh, true. I, I I don't really feel bad about it. Or if it's like you want to play like a certain class or race or whatever, you're like, I'll just make an NPC out of this and just like, <laughs> you know, that they can, I can fight them. And it's like, okay, I got that on my system and stuff like, like, like <laughs> exactly. to end season two and uh, the ending was coming out around um, uh, Halloween. Like, and I don't actually put out the episode episodes. I just like, uh, I just edit them all. And then I give them to Caleb, our guy. And he's, he's in charge of like all the website and the Patreon stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, but I do know the release schedule. So it's like also then being the DM, I'm like, okay, so this, so like I led them all the way up and we were recording in September and halfway through the second episode we were recording, I go, we're doing a Halloween episode, bitches. Like, and they're like, oh my God, how do you know? You know, they're like, I'm so glad you remember the calendar. And, and so I got to play a vampire. Like I did this whole like vampire layer thing and it, you know, it was really oh, fun. That's awesome. Um, that's so fun. When, uh. What, was was it the summer camp? Was that your initial interest in D anD D, or did or was there anything like as a kid, like where you had like other RPG things, or that was certainly my first exposure to Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, but in terms of like the the theater aspect of it, I'd been doing theater all through middle school. Okay, uh, that I really like doing plays, and uh, I loved that. Uh, I was a big Magic the Gathering fan, so I'd been uh, nice. sort of steeped in that uh, fantasy lore already. Um, and, you know, the literature I was reading and the movies, the, the sparse movies that existed then for mm-hmm. uh, fantasy stuff. My dad's always been a big sci-fi fantasy guy, so he was always closer on the sci-fi end. But So he was always watching that stuff when we were kids and we were absorbing it then Star as Trek, well. Star Trek, Star Wars, all that stuff. 
all that stuff. Yeah, like uh, anytime we uh, had cable, which was often on sporadic in the sure. in the old days. <laughs> Uh, then, uh, you know, I was always on the sci-fi channel watching awful sci-fi movies that were, uh, basically the, the bedrock of my childhood. Um, yeah. so it, that was, uh, an element that was always present for me anyway. And so, uh, D and D was such like a distillation of all of that, that it was, uh, instantly in love with it. So what were some of your favorite sci-fi movies as a kid that maybe you've watched recently and you're like, ah, that doesn't <laughs> hold up or maybe it does. Uh, the ones that I loved the most didn't hold up then. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen uh, Dark Star. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> I, it's been... Like, I, I'm at an age now where I can say it's been over 20 years, and I'm still like... And that still only puts me in my teens. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my favorite thing about Dark Star is the alien, where you can see the lines of the beach ball that they painted. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but... Uh, Stuff like like uh, I was a huge fan because I was uh, you know I'm sure it does not hold up now to be very clear I haven't tried to watch it I'm sure it's awful uh, do you remember Reign of Fire No I don't what? it's a it's a a movie about dragons it's like a medieval fantasy movie where these dragons have shown up and oh, they tried right, to go right, into right. this process of like explaining why how the dragons work where they have like these two sacks of fluid in their like was uh, it McConaughey I think so. I think it's McConaughey. Like at the time, I didn't even. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure because it was like early 2000s, thousands yeah, yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. The Reign of Fire. Like I, I thought that and I was like, no, he's thinking of an older movie. Oh and, god, and it's you're so like, no, bad. the dragon I'm movie, certain. and I was like, oh yeah. shit. I think Matthew yeah, I think I worked at the movie Christian theater Bale. at that time. <laughs> Christian it, Bale's in it. Oh really? <laughs> 2002. Oh wow, pre Batman. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's really bad, I'm sure. Uh, And I imagine the graphics are atrocious. But uh, I love, like, as silly as it was that they took all of this effort to try to explain how these dragons were spitting fire, I was like, like, they're dragons. They just blow fire, whatever. But they were, like, really meticulous on the details of this. And I was like, Uh that's kind of cool. Like, I kind of love that they felt the need to uh, get that granular in their world, you know, that they had to make up these cosmological reasons. Well, why is this the way that this is? Yeah. Uh, and probably unnecessary, but, uh, I enjoyed it in 2002. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny because like, well, that's right around the same time that like the Harry Potter movies were coming out, like the Harry Potter books. I think the fourth one was already out at that point. So like, sure. But it's also one year after Lord of the Rings was already out. So you got me there. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Like it was really probably not uh, a high water mark of two. Yeah, that's true. They were probably like, "How can we cash in on this fucking crazy shit?" I don't know. Dragons. Now, nah, right? Yeah. Put McConaughey on it, and this is right after Savannah yeah. or something like that. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's uh, it's fine, man. I <laughs> not good, hilarious. not good, but it was fun. <laughs> so, so how old are you? I'm 31. Okay, so I'm I'm I'll be 38. Uh, I'm 37, 37 and a half. Uh, so there there's there's a little <laughs> bit of age. Were you a a Sega or a Nintendo? I guess you probably be like Sega or Super NES. Were you a Sega? Or I, a- Nintendo purist my entire time growing up. Nice. <clears throat> yeah, like uh, we had an NES at my grandmother's house uh, that I would play religiously as I was uh, when I came home from school. Uh, I got a Super Nintendo. I was so stoked. Like, I just could, I lost my mind when I got a Super Nintendo. And uh, yeah, right up through 
uh, until I was really uh, upset with my Wii U. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but I still I do have a Switch, so it's not that upset apparently. Yeah. <laughs> did you uh, did you did you go out and get one of those um, those Super Nintendo things where it's got like the 150 games in it or whatever? Uh, I didn't do that. I can't justify the price tag for an emulator. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Uh, I, I just couldn't do it. But uh, I I do think it's. I mean, I, I kind of almost wanted to get one for the Super Nintendo because that was that one was my. I think they're doing Nintendo sixty four next. I'm definitely going to get be that one. Really hard not to get Golden <laughs> Goldeneye and Star Fox alone, man. That's what <laughs> yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, there are a ton of awesome games on the sixty four that would be really fun to uh, bring into the house. I'll be really curious what they do for the controller for that though, because oh, man, yeah, that thing is a. It's kind of a. It's kind of like the the precursor to like the playstation and the and the xbox controllers like it was like the first one that was kind of really weird looking and it's got that weird yeah banana thing in the middle like uh-huh. what a weird controller yeah uh so you said you were uh into theater and stuff when did that start just in junior high was it yeah, like an elective uh, type thing and then you're like hey i actually like this it was like an extracurricular thing they didn't we didn't even know uh like it wasn't required there was no classes for it or anything it's just uh when i was in sixth grade they played on the morning announcements one morning that there was a tryouts for this play and i'd done some occasional skits and things with uh the scouts as i was coming up through uh with them and so i was like yeah i love doing that kind of stuff i want to check this out and so uh i went and i basically from then on every play that i had an opportunity to be a part of i was up through college so uh, including doing directing and stuff like that, which I think is very similar to uh, being a DM in terms of... I think so. Know, yeah, I think a lot of similar skills that translate between the two. Oh, for sure. Because I did like a, I did a, um, a, a musical short film a couple years ago. Um, are you familiar with Kevin Smith's world? You know, Clerks yeah. and all... Okay, so I, I, did, uh, I, I did a Clerks musical uh, is what I made and that's awesome (laughs) yeah and but like putting that together and then like you know i had like a whole thing with like a bunch of dancers at the end and like it was a two-day shoot it was pretty tough it was like eight or nine hours the first day and we did all the stuff that was in black and white and then the second day we went 8 a.m to like 10 45 p.m and that was all the singing and dancing stuff and Mm -hmm. um very difficult but like engaging in that like i remember the the first shot that we did on the musical day, like we had a, we had my buddy Jesse in it and he's like, uh, we call him the big tipper because he like leaves a penny and like walks off basically. And it was, it was the very first shot of the day. First shot, first take. And like, we all gathered around the monitor and then all these guys look back at me. Uh, I was Dante. My, my buddy Jared was Randall. And then like the two guys, uh, the Baker brothers who were doing the, um, it was all their gear and stuff. Like, so these five heads, like, or four heads, like look back at me. I'm just kind of standing there. I'm like, yeah. And they're like, well, you got to tell us if you want to move on. You're the director. I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm the director. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's my fault. We're all here. And I was like, yeah, let's move on. <laughs> like, sorry, my bad, guys. I was just like, what are you guys looking at me for? <laughs> like, you wrote it, dummy. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Um, what was your favorite I, play you did in high school? Because I've got one for sure. Mine was Into the Woods. Oh, uh, nice. That's the best thing we did in high school, I think. Uh, in college, I got to be a part of a, a show called Closer. Mm-hmm. Um which I, uh, that was the first time I got to do something really dramatic that I really, really enjoyed. Uh, but high school into the woods is such a fun show and, uh, it's hard and like the music is very challenging. Mm-hmm. Uh, the show is long and it's, uh, I think really interesting for the audience because it breaks a lot of tropes halfway through. I just love it. I think it's a fantastic play. Yeah. Yeah. 
I love theater. It's always so funny to meet another theater person. Like you can just kind of tell. Yeah. Like I, well, I'm not great yours? at memorizing lines, show? but uh, which is why I was always like in my high school plays. I was always like this utility person because I because I tap dance and I can do like all this weird stuff. Like they always found a spot for me to do something weird and mm. like. And, uh, you know, do the splits or do, you know, or, you know, be, be a character that didn't have a lot of dialogue, basically. Like, my senior year, our drama play was called In 25 Words or Less. It was about, like, all these people that won this trip. And then it kind of turns into, like, this Scooby-Doo, like, murder mystery thing. There was, like, a silent, uh, there's, like, a silent giant character that's, like, a Scooby-Doo bad guy who says nothing. And, but he's on the stage a lot and, like, interacts with people. And, like, and, she, and my drama teacher was, was just like, you want to be that? And I was like, sure. And she's like, okay, you're him. <laughs> I was like, dude, I, uh, that's awesome. <laughs> like, I don't have to do or I don't have to say anything. I just get to stand there and look creepy. This is hilarious. I'm not a very good singer. So mm. uh, for me, when we were – a lot of the plays that we did in high school especially were all musicals. Yeah. Uh, so when we did the occasional uh, non-musical play, I would always get, like, one of the higher up roles when we did a musical play, I got that the, the every pretty much every Broadway show has uh, old man or dad <laughs> who doesn't sing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> always me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's really good on stage, but man, tone deaf. You know. Yeah, pretty much. So <laughs> my thing was, my, was like my, my voice role. had just dropped into what it is, and mm. like I never went through like the awkward like uh, or anything like that. It was just like. One day when people called the house, they stopped at thinking I was my mom on the phone. They thought I was my dad. <laughs> and, and, but like, I didn't know how to transfer that into singing because before I was a tenor. And so then I'll, now all of a sudden I couldn't hit those notes. So I was just like, la, la, la. And like, there's no good parts for that. But like now, like through many years of practice, like I can sing higher again. Like I always felt weird about singing higher. Cause I was like, that's not my voice. That'll sound weird. I'll just be the mm-hmm. second bass in the choir or whatever. And um, right. Yeah. There's no, there are very few roles for that in Broadway shows. It turns. Yeah, out. exactly. <laughs> uh, but now it's like, yeah, now, now it's a weird thing. So you were in college and you, and what, so you guys all met in college and you said you guys were an improv group. Was it just like the improv group, uh, improv class, like through theater? Or how, do, how, how does that all work? Yeah, so the theater uh, organization that we were a part of, uh, that was a part of the college, was all student-run. It had a student-run board of directors, and it had like a a staff advisor, but she was never around. Um, And then so the student board of directors would pick which students were doing the, like directing what plays. They would make all these decisions off of pitches that were given to the board. Uh, And they had an improv troupe that was also part of the organization. And so... Uh, we were all part of the troop at the same time. Some other people came and went, especially as some of us, uh, we were not all in the same year. So there was some graduating and some leaving and whatever, but, uh, we were all part of it at one point together playing games. And, uh, we were all doing like short form, uh, whose line is it anyway improv at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as we were there, we tried to transition it to more of the longer form improv that you might see it like, uh, uh, improv well in our area it was improv boston or mm-hmm. at you know ucb or something like that sure uh where they're doing longer form games and pulling material from the audience and stuff like that so we started out doing the short-term stuff and we tried to transition it to the longer form stuff and it, it was a lot of fun and and we got to bond over that while we were also doing plays and going to class and uh hanging out when we weren't in class or skipping class or whatever you know <laughs> yeah yeah 
<laughs> that's kind of like what our theaters do now here like our local comedy and improv theater like it's basically it's all short form and mm-hmm. uh but then there's some people that enjoy the long form stuff so they've gotten some books and they kind of go off on their own and doing stuff and then we're doing a i don't know if i told you this but uh myself and one of my players we we actually spearheaded we're doing a live D D show um uh an improv uh, D show uh here in may and that's awesome. Yeah, it's going to be cool. Like, uh, like the way we have it structured and set up is like we're using this thing called Dungeon World. So it's like two d six and like yeah, the average powered by the apocalypse game, right? Powered by the apocalypse. Yes, I think so. And yeah, uh, yeah. and and we're using that. And we've got a guy. And I did a show back in December uh, that was sort of similar. And uh, I asked him. I go, hey man, because he lives local. And I was like, hey, would you want to do something like this? You know, because and because we're trying to think of it. And I think that structure, the way that you ran it, is very good. And he goes, yeah. So he's got an uh, he's got an adventure for us. And then what's going to happen is some of our encounters become short form games. And he's an improv guy mm. as well, so he understands you know the games or whatever. So like our our, our group of four people are going to come across like certain you know the you know whatever it is the the trap in the the trap in the dungeon is actually like a short form improv game whatever that is that's super fun yeah so like you know because i've seen some sort of longer form games there where they do like you know sort of like an armando-ish type of thing and then it's like they just do a bunch of scenes based off of it or whatever for like 10 minutes and then it's like they come out and they get like another suggestion they do you know sort of that sort of thing Mm -hmm. but and it was like the audience was kind of like the audience wasn't ready they weren't used to that because they're used to like our short form games and that sort of stuff. And we, um, that was, that was what we ran into a lot too. Yeah. Was that the, the audience, especially of all college kids, which is what it was. Yeah. They just wanted to go and see the short form games where we, uh, mostly made jokes about Rob. Um, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got a couple of those in our theater too. <laughs> where you just kind of pick on them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That was the, that was the bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's 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 uh I'll I'll send you over the poster actually. Like I'll 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 show you. It's really cool. I got an artist friend of mine to like draw us up as like our characters and then it's like our us next to our characters and stuff. Um it's super cool. I think Dungeon World is a good choice for that. It really is an interesting system that lends itself I think better to uh a more cinematic like people watching experience yeah. than uh than dungeons and dragons does explicitly uh dungeons and dragons is a little more tied up in the mechanics and you individually feeling good playing the game yeah whereas i think dungeon world does a better job of being a a, a viewed or listened to piece yeah it's going to be really cool too because uh what we have going on is like it's not like we're going to be sitting up there. It's like, we're going to be standing and acting out things the whole time. Then we've got three NPC people who are going to come in and like mess with us and do stuff. So it's like, it's a full That's on awesome. improvised play basically only based in the, a D and D type world. And then we're going to have things like I got some of those fuzzy D sixes that like you get on cars. And at some point they're going to go out into the audience and they're going to get to kind of control like, you know, certain roles for certain things and like screw with us and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. It's because be like borderline, borderline LARPing. You're like LARPing, but for an audience. <laughs> yeah. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think about it that way. <laughs> so what? Uh, so what was the first uh, adventure that you ran? Do you remember? Do you like remember? Did you run it from a book or did you write something? And you're like, oh, now now Anthony's in the driver's chair. I I have almost. Um, I so only one time have I ever tried to run from a book, okay. uh, and it was like a year ago. Uh, and Dude, I was like, complicated. Man, I- <laughs> I hate it. I really dislike it. Uh, you know, and it may, probably because I've done nothing but run my own stuff for so long. Yeah. Uh, that 
when I sat down to do the book, I, I tried to sit down with my family and do the Lost Minds of Fendelfer. Um, okay. And they're all fairly experienced role players. My wife played D&D in college um, and my uh, sister-in-law uh, does live action role playing stuff with me sometimes. And her boyfriend was a role player. So we, we there was all fairly experienced group, uh, but we wanted to try out one of these prepared uh, sessions. Sure. And so we did the Lost Minds of Fendelver, which comes in the base box. And we did the first like cave area. Fine. I struggled a little bit like trying to uh, remember where everything was laid out. And uh, I would get a little stressed out when people started to do things that I wasn't prepared for as much. Uh, and then when it got to the city, like all bets were off because they wanted to do, they wanted to go over here. They wanted to go over here. And I was like, man, I can't memorize this whole book. Like, I don't know where any of this shit is. (laughs) I don't know what this stuff is. I don't know where it is. I don't know who's important. I don't know who's not important. I don't know. Like, and I would either have to read through this and memorize it all, which is not how I play the game, or I would have to be like constantly like, Oh, hold on. Let me go check and see, you know? And it wasn't very fun for me. So I was like, yeah, we're done with this. I'm just going to write something because to me, if I write the world, if I uh, came up with all of the kingdoms, I know who the gods are, I know the rules of magic, I know why things happen, then as soon as you come to me with something that I wasn't expecting, that's okay. I just check it against the rules of the universe, and as long as it doesn't break anything, or if it does break something, I can, I at least know the answer, right? Yeah. Like, hey, can I... Uh, can I put this uh, portable hole inside this bag of holding and hold my breath and jump through? Like, no, it doesn't work. And here's why. <laughs> right. I don't know, that uh, sounds like a fucking dope idea though. <laughs> <laughs> so there's like, uh, as long as I've built that, I can feel relatively confident that I'm in a good place. And I don't want my players to know more about the world than I do. Uh, because that yeah. puts me in an awkward position where someone can say, uh, well, no, that's not the sword coast. Doesn't have that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit. Uh, <laughs> well, like, whoops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've kind so, of, uh, I kind of do the same stuff. Like, I mean, we created this world. Well, I didn't. Uh, uh, Rhett did originally. And then I was like, I'm just going to build on like this idea that he started. And so I, I really expanded the world in season two and in season three. Like, we were on, only on one tiny little landmass for season one, and then I like I gave the world a name. I gave it all this backstory with like the dragons and this whole like intergalactic sort of chess game, like gods playing for worlds and that sort of thing, and all this stuff mm. that's like affecting what's going on now. And you know, and I just gave it all of this stuff because it was like once again I had read through the book, book and I go, okay, like these guys know. I understand DCs. I got ACs. I got things, and I made this really cool like six panel. Uh, a DM screen. So I've got like everything I need right there. And I go, so I'm just going to create the world and it's going to be kind of like my, it's my version. It's pseudo D and D is basically what it is. It's like, (laughs) you know, and it sounds very similar to your approach because it's like you would, it's, I think we're very similar in the idea of like, we would rather just be creative and have a silly goose time with our pals then like be like, well, the one rule one fifty seven actually says, and you're like, Oh, fuck you. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, and and like I have, uh, like my world is very self-contained, has very strict rules. First of all, every game I've run has taken place in the same world. Uh, not always in the same place of the world. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, uh, for me, it's been like, Oh, I already have all this stuff written. So I'll just expand on it. I don't have to start from ground zero. I can just take what I have written and -hmm. start to build out on it. And then, so now I have like four or five continents that I've run games on at various times throughout history that I don't have to draw on them in my current game if I don't want to. But if I 
if someone asks me about it, like, hey, I've already got all of this. I've got a map already drawn. I have uh, mm-hmm. kingdoms already named. I know what gods they worship. I know uh, who's in power there. We don't have to ever reference it. But if we do, I don't have to, like, stop the whole game and be like, well, all right, we'll, we'll get back to this next week or just pull something out of my ass because I already have it. Yeah. Uh, and it's a shortcut for me because the world we're playing in now was all new. I wanted to make some other part of it or not the world, but the, the, the continent. Yeah. The area. Uh, sure. But I have those other things as a reference point. If I so choose like magic works a certain way and it only works that certain way because, uh, you know, of all of these factors, you know, some God generated the magic from this thing, you know, like, so, uh, that way the the world is like serious and has uh, rules and has consistency if anything comes up but yeah we don't have to worry about what you know the dungeon master guide says i don't have to worry about the fluff in the monsters manual that says that uh you know nagas can only turn right like i don't i don't have to worry about that that's not in my world yeah <laughs> but that's so for me as long as you have consistency in the world that you've created oh, right. you have an opportunity to to follow that that path with whatever comes up. So when did you start building, what is the world that you are in now? Like, do you have a name for the actual world? Like, you know, we're Earth or whatever, and you've got an actual name for the, your world? Yeah, yeah. The world is on Maneth, and it is, okay. uh, it's got, I think, five continents on it at this point. Um, they don't all worship the same gods, although some of the gods are the, are the same across multiple continents, even if they don't have the same name. Mm-hmm. Um, they are, that's uh, cool. Yeah. Uh, there are rules to the magic <clears throat> system that are in place because of the actions of the gods in the past. And so part of the fun in some of the campaigns that I have run have been, have involved that, including the one we're running on the show, uh, is very focused on magic and, and how it works and, and why. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, uh, really enjoyed, having an opportunity to take some of these concepts across game to game, including games that like I ran a game in college for some of the people that are on the show, not all of them. That's awesome. Uh, but they've played, they have characters on a totally different continent that they, uh, that has been like really small referenced to now that is like special for them. Doesn't detract from other people's enjoyment, uh, but is like a little cool Easter egg for them, you know? Yeah. And also what's cool, I think, with your Patreon, from what I gathered, this is all basically what I picked up in like that the that three and a half hours I spent with you guys. the the guys the 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 the, the folks that uh, your players are playing on your Patreon exclusive episodes do things that affect the characters on the main podcast. Is that correct? That was my goal with that. Yeah. So that uh, anytime you do think a of Patreon- that, I mean, it's like it's a basic <laughs> idea, but also to me, when you said that, I was like. What? What? Oh my god! <laughs> so, f- this is a weird place that this comes from. But uh, I'm a huge fan of the television show Lost. Okay, great. Uh, yeah, uh, in the third season of Lost, there is an, uh, a much maligned episode uh, called Nikki and Paolo, where mm. <laughs> where they basically introduce these two characters at the beginning of season three, and halfway through season three, they show what they were doing on season one and two that was always just sort of adjacent to what the main characters were doing. And Yeah, I remember that episode. Yeah, sometimes some action they took impacted what the characters had done on the main show, even though there was no indication of that at the time, right? It was sort of retconning all yeah, of these that's, pieces that's together. Yeah, that's fucking cool as shit, though. 
Uh, and so I, I always thought it was a neat concept, even if the execution was mediocre. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so for me, I was like, Hey, if we're going to do bonus episodes of content, I don't want to do anything that I, I always want the show to be free. And I want people who are listening to the show to be able to enjoy all of the show without having to pay money. If people want to support the show and they want to get extra content, I'm down for that, but I want it to be extra. I want it to be bonus. And so my thought on that was if these bonus shows are like characters who are tangential or events that are tangential and they have an impact in terms of they build out the world a little bit and we can draw on elements from that, or they tell a part of the story that we're not going to get to on the main show and that we can say like, uh, oh yeah, uh, uh, so-and-so found a magic sword and that's all we need to say on the show, but we told the story of them finding the magic sword on the Patreon episode. Yeah. That's, that was really appealing to me. We do the same thing with the short stories that we write every month for the patrons as well. They also flesh out a piece of the world. Oh, that's so really that, cool. Or tell a story that's off camera so that they are, uh, feel really relevant to the patrons and they get to feel like they're getting, uh, an extra piece of the story or an extra part of the world. But if you're not a part of them, that's okay too. Uh, that also came, uh, I worked in a comic book store after high school before college in my gap year. Uh, <laughs> right. Your and, year abroad. Uh, yeah. My year abroad, uh, at home. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I worked in a comic book store and that's sort of their philosophy with uh, a lot of the event comics also, you know, they have the big event book and then in everyone's individual book, uh, you know, they have the Avengers event and then in Iron Man's event, he's doing like a little piece of the puzzle in the yeah. background. Right. Uh, and Captain America is doing a little piece of the puzzle. And that was what I was drawing from to put these pieces together so that we could do the same thing. We could have the main series and then in the background are all these little pieces that can affect what's going on in the main series. Yeah. When we play um, when we play uh, like Caleb's thing or whatever and we release it on our feed. um he's he's doing it around the same time as us so like i'm trying to think of ways to like incorporate his story into like what's going on now but also i've i'll have 100 episodes of like my idea i thought it was going to go like 25 and then i was like okay i can do it in 50 but then they kept playing they kept playing and i kept like oh man they're not getting to this and so it's yeah it's gonna be 100 episodes of like my storyline basically seasons two and three they're about 50 a piece and um uh, but, but the, but yeah, Caleb's, it, I was like, dude, set it in our world. He's like, well, I wanted to set it. I was like, just take whatever that is from the book, you know, the wizards of the coast book and just make it part of our world. Just yeah. have the exact same setup. Just put it in something that we, so, cause so then it, yeah, like you said, like it, it builds, it builds out like our universe, it builds our thing. And then there's other events and then like we can reference stuff later. And so what he did is he put it in this town from season one and there was reference to the, our characters in season one, like going through that town and shit like that. And like, and that's Perfect. really, that that's really smart. Like I, I, and so uh, for you guys, when was, when was Patreon a thing for you guys? Cause I remember Caleb, he kind of spearheaded like all of the business and all the website and all that sort of stuff. Uh, I just wanted to put out a podcast and, you know, and I do all the recording and I do all the editing and sound effects and music and stuff. But yeah, our Patreon's been out about a year. Okay. See, he started so, it with us at the beginning. 
How's it yeah. going for you guys? I always think it's weird. Like we've got like a couple of like dollar subscribers, but we only have three tiers. It's like one dollars, ten dollars, and twenty five dollars. Because I'm like one dollar, it gets you a shout out on the show. You go on our website and you get access to our show. We call unbriefing, and every Thursday we record it right after we finish the episode. So I've gotten mm. it down like with our players where I can get them. I know how to write for them, and I can kind of move and cajole them in about 50 to 55-minute segments, and then it's like we do five minutes, and then it's like we're on to the next thing. Um, so that's like on our dollar tier. I was like, that's extra content. That's super easy to do. What uh, what are some of the rewards and sort of some of the stuff you guys offer? Yeah, so we went uh, – we have more tiers than that. <laughs> we used to, but I was so- like, this is fucking way too confusing. So basically, like, I, I like having a dollar tier. I like people, basically, anytime anyone throws you a buck, it's like, yeah, man, thank you. Like, you're supporting the show. That's all, that's more than we ask, right? Yeah. We don't ask anything. We ask that you enjoy the show and you tell people if you like it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you want to support the show, even a dollar, and I urge everybody to, not not my show per se, unless you're into it, but uh, if you have creators you listen to and they are doing a creative endeavor uh, and you're like, oh, I don't, you know, a dollar feels like nothing. It's not nothing to that person. For to that sure. person, it's like, a, like, like it's uh, flattering and huge that anyone cares enough to uh, give back to a show like that. Right. Like that's a huge deal. Yeah, for uh, sure. So uh, for us, we give uh, special access in our patron. I mean, in our uh, discord server to mm-hmm. patrons where they have like a patrons only chat it's a very small thing but uh, we like to cultivate the community and have discussions that's with them. really and, cool and so that's like a fun thing for us to have a special place to share stuff with them also just being a patron we have a bunch of stuff that we that isn't in any of our tier rewards that comes up like oh so and so like uh, steph takes a lot of notes so i've just started giving out her notes that she writes in her notebook to mm-hmm. the patrons just whenever we feel like it it's not anything we've promised it's just a bonus and uh anytime we have anything bonus we throw it on for all patrons yeah um, that's part of our ten dollar tier like quarterly you'll get uh my dm notes like i just have to make sure that like because we're usually because like see we're nine episodes ahead of what's out right now mm. and um and so it's like i have to like cultivate i have to like really think about like okay and then also sometimes my notes are like I have stuff written on pages where I can't put it out because it'll ruin stuff for them, you know. So it's like, yeah, you get to sort of a tough, like the yeah, it's sort of a tough thing. I think I might change it to like quarterly. So it's like, <laughs> but yeah, for sure, that's really cool. Uh, how and many? We have like short stories at our third at our three dollar tier. We have uh, an episode every month for our five. Yeah, tell me about the short tier. story thing. You brought that up earlier. What's that all about? Yeah, so basically, uh, one of the cast members, which it's typically either Steph, uh, who is an, uh, an English teacher, she loves to write, uh, or myself, because that's I'm always thinking about the world, so there's always stuff rattling around. Yeah, we exactly. write about a yeah, <laughs> we write about a 2,500 word short story. Oh wow! Um, once a month, and we release it to the patrons, and then uh, once a year during our uh, adventure march, which is like a uh, a sort of a time for us to do giveaways for the fans. And it's really just a way that we wanted to, it was a one year anniversary of the show basically. And we do a month long celebration. We do some extra live streams. We do giveaways. Oh, cool. Um, we will put out a collection of all of the short stories we wrote in the year, but the patrons get them early basically, uh, as we write them. And then if you ever need a narrator, uh, I know a guy, (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, that sounds uh, juicy. I'm into that. Uh, so, I totally read one of your guys' short stories. I, th- I think it'd be fun. Uh, yeah, I'm into that. Uh for our five dollar tier we do the extra bonus episode each month which typically runs about like you said two to three hours yeah yeah (laughs) sometimes longer um and then we do a ten dollar tier which uh i write D &D material for the patrons uh we've started doing a thing where basically i do a a small live stream for the ten dollar patrons where we all together work on like a character subclass or a monster or something like that oh that's really cool we come up with cool ideas for them and then i write them up into like with fluff and and flavor text and things and and release a pdf of that to use in your home game or whatever oh that's really Um, awesome and then we have a, a $50 tier, which always I uh, get nervous about. It's you play a Dungeons and Dragons game with me. Um, and so we have a couple of people who have taken me up on that and they come and we all get together and play Dungeons and Dragons over the internet for about four hours once a month. And uh, yeah, it's uh, a that's ton awesome. of fun. Yeah. It that's stresses really cool. me out. <laughs> well, I mean, that's fucking, that's really cool though, because like, and, and they're and they're they're they come back month after month like they're giving you fifty bucks like every month. Yeah, they have. <laughs> that's, that's fucking bananas, dude. Why does it stress you out? Because I feel like uh, that's a. I I know that it's not the case because they're they're doing it to support the show and they get to play a fun game with me, which they enjoy. But I feel like I have to give them that value back. You know, like oh. I got to really make that uh, matter. <laughs> yeah. How many How many players do you have? Uh, you know, two to four, depending. People come and go, which is yeah. what I've always said about those tiers. Like, hey, these are here if people want to do them. I don't expect people to do them every month. Always. They're like, yeah. hey, I, I've got like, you know, my tax return came back and I want to play a game of D&D and I don't have any friends around and it's a pain in the ass to get to. I'll I'll run one, you know? Yeah. Uh, and similarly, I, I have, wish my uh, tax return came back. Shit. I owed this. <laughs> I owed this year. I was like, oh, no. Yeah, that's a dang- well, yeah, it's a good point. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to put that on the world to people because, you know. <laughs> Give me your I tax a lot monies. Of, a lot of people ended up having to owe this year, which is a bummer. But yeah, uh, the I also have a bigger tier beyond that that's Holy like a $200 fuck. tier. Oh, wow. That is like if you've got five friends, the five of you, it's basically like a small discount, right? Like, okay. Uh, instead of one of you paying fifty dollars, five of you can pay $200 and I'll play. I'll run an exclusive game just for you and whoever Dude, that's you're dope. there with. Uh, I got to talk so, to you maybe more off mic about this because, I mean, not that I'm looking for, you know, people to like give us their money or whatever, but we've got a $1 tier, like I said, which is a thank you, excuse me, a thank you, I shouldn't have had that soda, a thank you, a shout out on the show, and and you get access every week to our, our, our weekly, you know, wrap up show. Once a month, the the first Thursday of the month, we put it out in our normal feed just so it's kind of like, you know, a little, little sous-son, a little teaser taster out there for, for people. Just like, hey, this is what you're missing, you know, for a buck. Our $10 mm. one is like, there's a, a DM notes and a DM notes and a monthly 60-ish, well, they end up being about 60 minutes, but a monthly video uh, recap of all the episodes that month. And it's usually me and one other person. We had a, we had a person and then they left and I was like, well, bummer. But, uh, so now all these DM notes are just sitting there. Um, um, uh, no, but no, I'm thinking no, about releasing content. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, and then like our $25 tier is like a, which no one has taken us up on. 
uh, we've got like six one dollar uh, one dollar subscribers basically, and which is fine, which is cool. Like that, six people want to give me a dollar, like that's dope. Uh, one of them is me, so I guess only five people. But um, <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, it, it was like uh, oh oh arts and crafts, like different D and D, like you know writing things or like you know because I'm I'm somewhat crafty, like I do a lot of drawing for for the show as well. It's like it's not always the greatest, but it's like I'll, I'll draw maps and I color them in, I do stuff and like. You know, I, and I make, you know, like I said, I made the, I made us all rolling trays and I made us all, you know, so like each guy has their own colored rolling tray and, uh, you know, the color that they wanted. And then like, you know, the, the DM screen that I made, it was like the six panel fold up DM screen and just, you know, tons of different stuff. And I don't know, I, uh, I would be interested to hear, how do you go about marketing your podcast? Because here, here's the one thing that I've noticed, and maybe it's just because we sort of started off a little bit weaker where we didn't really know what we were doing. So I think some people were possibly turned off by it. Mm-hmm. Like I see people, you guys start around the same time and there's more, you guys have like more followers on Twitter. You have more interaction with people. You have more, like, I just see it. And like, how do you how do you cultivate that? How are you ad- are you advertising your podcast? Are you like in groups online? Do you ch- like how do you advertise your show and really build your audience? Because I think we've got one we've got one person and she's the best. But I would like more than one person that interacts with us online. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. Uh, my answer to that is uh, everything you feel when you look at us. I feel when I look at other podcasts. So oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I don't think. Uh, I definitely I felt it when I had Lorimer on because he was talking about <laughs> Titans of Altera. He's like, in our first month, we had like 50,000 downloads. I was like, dude, that's more than we've ever had. Like, totally. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, and Sneak Attack had like over 5 million. I'm like, dude. Yeah. You're out of your mind, bro. <laughs> like, it's, I think it's that. Uh, they came, sort to, of they came along like in a sweet spot because there was probably only like 15. 20 really decent D&D podcasts like uh, podcasts that were out when I was doing research for this and then it's like mm-hmm. it was like you us you guys it's like we all a whole like a like 50 of us all just came on the market right at the exact same time it yeah I like, like to think we were the start of the wave you know uh- <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were, everybody else we is behind just us just as it crested up <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. uh no, I think uh, sometimes there is a, you know, there's an angry monster in me that looks at other shows and say, not angry per se, but like a, a grumbly monster that's like, well, you know, we're, we've been doing this thing for three years now. You know, that show just started. It's got five episodes and it's just exploded. Like, how did that happen? Yeah. But I, I don't think that's what it's about. Ultimately, uh, the Maybe only thing I've you. been able to do... <laughs> the, the only thing I've been able to do, because you can't control what other people... You. you can't yeah. control if people are listening to you or not so the only thing i've been able to do is just put out the best show that i can put out and uh whenever possible engage with the community that tries to engage with me because the more often that i'm doing that and and like making it valuable for them i feel like the more often they're going to reach out to people beyond and uh you know i i would say that it's worked okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean, we're not you know, we're not uh, pulling down $10 million Kickstarters anywhere, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that, uh, you know, I have tried to engage in some communities online. I've tried to uh, reach into like, you know, Twitter has a huge D&D uh, community, but it's a vast ocean. And I think that yeah. it can be very uh, difficult sometimes. Uh, and I'm not the best Twitterer anyway. Yeah. Uh, Do but- those follow Fridays where you get on a list and like you open up your Twitter and you're like, 
oh man, 15 or 15, 20, you know, whatever. And then you just realize you're on a list of like, and it's just the 20 people that were on the list, like <laughs> thanking me. I'm like, yeah. All I right. mean, cool. Thank you. But also like, I don't know, man, <laughs> take yeah. me off the list. Take me. Do not call. Like, take me off the list. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm a grumpy old man, which is why I'm not really a, like I handle the, like I'll handle the posts as far as like, you know, grabbing, the, I take a screen grab of like when the episode's out and I put it on Instagram and, uh, and then it's like, I'll, I'll do like a little, you know, Instagram, uh, uh feed or whatever. And uh, be just because like the the video or the picture always usually always usually one of my Trump uh, always usually has like <laughs> different different eyes on it than the people that like just a normal post and like sure. the Instagram stories have different so I always try to do that and then um, and then I go over to Twitter and I do the same screen grab or, or and then you know copy and paste the message with all the hashtags or whatever but oh, do the God. same thing if on, I were do the if same I thing were on independently Thursday. wealthy yeah yeah yeah. If uh, I were independently but, wealthy, the first thing I would do would be hire a, a social media manager oh, because hundred percent. I just have I do not have the patience for it. I think I would hire like quote unquote producer of the show, which is like it takes the show, posts it. I mean, Caleb posts everything everywhere, but then it's like somebody that does that, or or just somebody that goes, "Hey, I need you to do this and send me this, so then I can post." That. I go, "Yeah, hundred percent." Because yeah. I forget about stuff, and then it's like like I was I was all gung ho, like I've got a list. I'm looking at it right now. It's like. Every day of the week, this is something you should be doing using this sort of hashtag, you know, for, you know, it'll take you less than five minutes. I set it up so it'd take me, and it's like, I, I forget to do it constantly. I look at it, I was like, yeah, yeah I got to do that today. And then I just don't do it. I don't yeah. do Tech Tuesdays. I don't do the video where I kind of show my screen and like all the sound effects and the stuff I put in. I don't do it. And then I don't, I forget to, and I'm just like, ugh. And then I get behind and then I get overwhelmed. And I'm like, let's all just go to bed. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, okay, here's your job. Your job is to post twice a day something engaging or funny or silly and just do it <laughs> and yeah. reply to everyone who repl responds to it and that's it that's all i need you to do <laughs> and sign my name <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i i mean i do uh i do pretty much everything for the show so <laughs> yeah uh my my cast does uh you know they post some stuff sometimes about like their engagement in it their involvement in it but uh a lot of the and and you know they they help me out when I give them assignments and things, but uh, it's sort of a, a, an exercise in project management for me because I'm uh, pretty much running all of the scheduling and all of the recording and all the editing, all of the producing. So uh, this is why a, we get along. We're the same yeah. guy. <laughs> I can't. I'm part of it's that I just won't give up that control, I guess. Like <laughs> also the truth. <laughs> I'm not capable, I guess, but uh you know, it, it does, it is, something's got to give at some point. And for me, the social media stuff's really hard. And I think that that's why, uh, or maybe part of why that it, it's not as uh, explosive as it could be. But I think maybe other people are better at that than I am. But I think also some of it's lightning in a bottle, man. You never know. Yeah. And I, I've always felt that the key to anything on the internet is consistency. And consistency is king. And as long as you are always generating content, always putting it out uh, in a way that your uh, audience expects, then you will, you know, you might not achieve meteoric success, but you will always uh, have people who care. And and right now we have people who care, and that's yeah. that's the coolest part. Is that, like anyone gives a shit about the crazy horseshit my friends and I yeah uh, are putting out. It is cool because like we just like I had a I had a paranormal podcast for a long time mm -hmm. uh, called the Forty Fifth Parallel, and with my buddy Boz and 
we stopped doing it probably a little over two years ago because that was during the divorce time. I just was, I was a, a delight to be around. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, uh, and so we just sort of stopped doing it, but I look back on it now and with, and that was still when podcasting was still kind of fringy or whatever, because we had started it three years before that. Like we were releasing episodes in like 2013, 2014, you know, like it was still like, like a, this, what, what is this podcasting? But now it's like, everybody knows what a podcast is. So all, every celebrity has a podcast, like every, you know, mm-hmm. Conan's got his own podcast. Everybody. So I, I, I do think about like w- where we would be at because now we're starting it back up. And we're going to start, we're going to do like a curated 12 episode summer thing. And mm, um, that's fun. But we were getting 3,500 or more downloads an episode. Wow. Yeah, and I was good. going like, oh, we need more. And like, and I think then, that's the thing, right? Like, I, yeah. I don't, because now we get s- like 300 ish or so for the D&D podcast. And I'm like, I mean, thank you all for downloading that, you know, thank you to all the listeners right now that are listening to me fucking bitch and complain about like you guys listening to me, you know, like I, I so appreciate it, but I still listen. I go like, but like 35, ah. and, and the, I guess the thing that just frustrates me the most is like, I know what we're doing is good and I know how much fun I have with my friends and I know like all the laughs and everything. And it's just like, I just want more people to listen to it because I know they would like it. So well, and, I, and I think you know that I mean? ultimately any creator, uh, the whole point of, of sharing this, right, is to try and get your story out to as many people as possible. And so there's mm-hmm. always going to be that frustration. Uh, you know, if you had six million uh, people, you'd be like, well, what about the other million? You know, <laughs> you know like, well, what's can we get it to an even 10? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you doing, America? <laughs> Uh, and so I feel like, uh, that's always going to be a struggle, you know? Uh, but so I've, for me, I just don't, I try not to worry about that too much. I check in every once in a while, see like how our numbers are doing. Are we doing like better overall? Are we doing worse overall? Uh, but I also have come to realize that, you know, we can do absolutely nothing different and we can have spikes and we can have valleys and it doesn't. Ultimately, it doesn't uh, really reflect what we're doing as much as it reflects that person's life, you know, like these individual people's lives. And, and it's uh, it's not always a great indicator. Um, you know, our, one of our biggest months in uh, the history of the show is the at our one year mark because we did this huge thing where we're like, hey, we've been around a year. Ta-da! And so we got a yeah. bunch of new people downloading a bunch of episodes at once. And so it popped our numbers up super high and we're like oh god what happened yeah okay and then it went away because they all got caught up you know <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> like, what uh we had, do you what do you use a podcasting service or yeah we use podbean and okay. i i watch other people like who use some other services and uh i'm like man podbean does all that for me this is kind of rad uh yeah so that's how libsyn is too because yeah. that's what i use and it's like it gives you the feed for everything. You can manage everything. It gives you analytics like on every single feed that you have and like all this, you know, it's it's dope. Uh, we yeah. don't use it for the D&D podcast. Uh, it's all based off of our website, uh, mm. which has none of the analytics that I want, but I just re-signed up 45th Parallel for Libsyn. And I'm like, oh man, this is so sweet because it's like, it's by country, it's by state, 
sometimes yeah. by town, how many downloads <laughs> in this, you know, each individual state, like all uh, countries, all sorts of stuff. It's, it's super rad. Uh, but it sounds like Podbean is very, very similar to it. Yeah. Um, we ended up getting an, our own website to go like separate from the Podbean stuff, but I still just upload everything to Podbean. So I don't have to worry about like uh, uploading or XML or anything like that to the, to the website. The website's just a static front to uh basically provide information about the show and stuff yeah uh, but then i have the podcast uploading elsewhere and that's handles the feed and everything like that it's much easier yeah i mean that's what i would have preferred but i wasn't the the guy in charge of it you know uh, yeah, originally because yeah. that's what i did with the 45th parallel it was on Lipson, and then it's like i would i had it set up to where it would like it would it would show up in the feed on the website if you wanted to like stream it there or whatever but mm-hmm. we were like on all the services you know we were on stitcher we were on uh did you guys uh submit for pandora uh so uh we are on i don't think pandora i think spotify we're on okay i don't we did not submit to pandora i don't think uh we're I still waiting to hear on that one <laughs> mm. they uh the, they actually they have a if you do they have a you gotta you you can't peak above negative two i and i'm i always keep it at negative one but i was like oh interesting so it's like i had to readjust like our compressors and our ad limiters and all of our stuff so like now the episodes are going out not ooh, that our that episodes, sounds like a lot of work <laughs> <laughs> i was it was just a couple a uh, couple of knob turns for me but i like all that sort of that, that nerdy stuff so uh, I know nothing about this has been probably one of the hardest challenges for me on the podcast is that I know really? nothing about audio engineering at all. Oh shit, man. It sounds good. Uh, I've gotten lucky. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like I found a bunch of like, cause I use Adobe audition. Okay. And so I've found some things that have, uh, worked for me and made, made it sound good. I can listen to it and say like, yes, this sounds good or no, that sounds like garbage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, in terms of like what any of it actually means behind like the engine i have yeah. no idea oh, okay. uh, so it's always been uh that's been a struggle for me i've looked into maybe even like taking some classes on it or something just because i literally have no idea what's going on with it <laughs> oh man i can help you out you for something i interact with like on a daily basis <laughs> yeah dude i can i can give you yeah. some easy i can give you some easy the uh, easy tips easy you know all sorts of stuff um, it'll we'll just be talk. a, you know, a learning curve, but yeah, dude, I, I can make you a couple, uh, I do like screen grab videos for people. Like I, I helped out another D and D podcast, this guy, like back in December and he was having trouble with something like he just, I saw it on Twitter. And so like, I just reached out to him and it was like, Hey, I can help you out. What's going on? And he goes, can I call you? I go, yeah, we talked for like two hours and, and then he was like, oh, I think we fixed it. I was like, cool. Well, I'll see nice. you later. And, um, don't remember the podcast, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I hope I didn't listen because I forgot what it was called, but uh, I hope it turned out well for you. If you're listening, <laughs> what are, what are some of your, uh, what are, what are some of your favorite, because you have a very unique setup on your show and I really like it because it's like, uh, well, fuck, fuck me saying it. Why don't you just tell us like, because I really like how you kind of have it set up. Uh, and then once you sort of explain the show, uh, answer me this, uh, do you have like an overall, arc where you want to go where you're going to end a season or is it just sort of ongoing yeah so uh i fucked up <laughs> I, I built a D podcast with the uh first campaign loosely structured to last five years um oh boy. <laughs> 
it turns out that 250 episodes is an intimidating number of episodes if you are not uh, new to the show, or if you are new to the show. <laughs> so we have about 150 episodes deep into this storyline right now, and we're pretty much on track from what I was intending for us to end uh, at about the five-year mark. Okay. Uh, my When we were planning it out, basically what I did was I sat down and I said, what's the story I want to tell? Uh, what are the big parts of the story I want to tell? And what are the possible outcomes that the players could uh, create that I can conceive of because undoubtedly it'll be one I didn't, but at least if I have some good frameworks, we can, we can see where this story could go. Right. So, um, uh, we are, uh, there's five PCs. Basically the, the short version of it is that these five adventurers stumbled onto a plot by a dark wizard to wake up a sleeping dragon God and, uh, destroy the world um classic classic so uh, there's obviously many layers beyond that but that's the short and dirty version of it Mm -hmm. and they have been trying to travel around and disrupt his plan uh in various ways um so i have a rough idea of the beats of basically i knew all of the hidden information that they have been trying to figure out over time and I have the rough beats of his plan and how that's going to break down. And then I just have some set pieces of like, uh, yeah, at some point they're going to, you know, we had a storyline pretty recently where they brought the Fae back into the world. I oh, knew cool. at some point they were going to do that. And I knew what the result of that was going to be. And it was different than what they were expecting. Uh, but in terms of how they did it or when they did it or why they did it, that was all up to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that it, you know, I, I put into the world there that it would be helpful for them to bring back the Fae. So at some point they were going to want to do it. Right. Uh, and then we got to that set piece and that's really how I plan out my stuff, especially now I don't do any notes anymore for the show. I uh-huh. don't do, uh, I don't have anything in writing in terms oh, wow. of where everything is going. Uh, I early on, I would do like when we were preparing for a session, I would do a whole session write up. And at one point my session write ups were like 17 pages long. There's oh, these shit. monstrosities of documents. And I've gotten to a point where I am comfortable enough with the players. They are comfortable enough with me that they know, uh, what we're doing. And I have enough of an idea of the world that we can just really work it together and improv it together as it's going along. That's nice. Um, it's very nice. <laughs> Yeah, because I don't have to write 17 pages of material for uh, every two weeks. Yeah. Usually what I end up doing is like I I write based off of where we were last at. I I mean, like very similar to you, like I know the overall arcing story thing. I'm a little bit more like I have very sort of specific things I want them to get into, but like. I'm like they it's like I'll point them in the direction and then when they finally get there then they get to get into like this thing that I like I wanted I want them to do um but usually what ends up happening is the first episode you can always tell the first episode of a new session because I have all of the D&D flowery prose of like what's <laughs> happening and then and then like the next 3 episodes are me just recapping what happened the last episode cuz I just it just happened or whatever uh, uh, in, in like my n- more normal fashion but but I've also found that like the way my guys work they need that they need mm. me to like especially cuz usually I since I do know how they play and we're getting four episodes out of a session, I need to 
a recap for them because usually it's been anywhere from three to five weeks since we last saw each other. Yeah. But then also set up this new section. And if I don't do it that way, and I've, it's only something that I've I started like at the end of season two, mainly more the season three, really, because we're tw- we've got twenty two episodes of season three recorded at this point, and it's really helped them to understand where they're at, what they're doing, what the objective is, whatever it is because so much time has passed, because I don't think all of them listen to the show, whereas I'm obsessed about it. Like, I don't get to enjoy the show until it comes out on Monday. Then I download it like everyone else, and I listen to it, and I go, because other than that, I'm taking editing notes. I'm taking editing notes, where to put music, where to put sound effects, where to do whatever. Yeah. And and so I, I only hear the show kind of like in pieces. I'm stopping, and I'm starting it, and I'm not. And then Monday comes along, and I just put on my good studio headphones, and I listen to all the music, all the sound effects. I go, Ah, okay. That's what happened. Interesting. <laughs> and, um, but like, uh, yeah, that's, but it's, but it's very similar because like, because then, uh, it's like a half page of stuff. It's like, I have a bunch of character names. If there's going to be an encounter or something, I have like the ACs of whatever I need and just like a little bit of thing. And then, I, and then it's just improv. And then it's just a silly goose time after that. And, yeah. uh, and it's like whatever they want to do, because once they like my first seven episodes of season two when I first started DMing I had it all planned out and then like they escaped this thing and they went out into like this carnival like the this, this celebration that was being and I improvised four episodes I did all of this crazy stuff and they're like dude how did you know we were I was like I don't, I don't know it just <laughs> happened like I was like I made it all up because there's like this carnival worker they met this guy this carnival worker guy and I lost my brother once at the state fair and I sat by like, you know, like where you roll the ball into the horse and the horses like go across or whatever. <laughs> I memorized his patter. And so they met this guy and they had a similar game. And I was just like, hey, guys, it's a buck to play and a buck to win. All you got to do is roll the ball in, roll it up, roll it out, wait till the ball comes back. You roll it again. And then like their faces lit up. They're like, oh, my God. Like he wasn't even looking at notes. And I was like, oh, if you only knew it's because I lost my brother at the state fair. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it's it's really interesting now to like know the world do. Uh, you know, and to be able to improvise once they get into there. And then also, I don't know if you find this, uh, and I'll stop talking here in a minute, but it's it's rare that I get, see, because I can't talk to them as much as I want. I can't. I can't talk to them because then it's like, <laughs> man, I've got this really cool thing that I can't talk to you about because you got to play it. So anyway. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, I, I know that feel. <laughs> yeah. And so like, uh, uh, yeah, being able to like just watch them improvise now and then uh they will sometimes improvise something that triggers something in you, and you're like, oh, that's way better than I had planned. Do you get that? Like, you're like, oh, fuck it, yeah. let's go down that road. Well, and, and that's actually one of my favorites. Uh, part of my, one of my favorite things about Dungeons and Dragons, and this is something that I got from my experience uh, doing live action role play. Because, uh, so in college, <laughs> this is a fun story. In college, um, I'd done, you know, I'd been playing Dungeons and Dragons for a long time. I was a big fan of video games, Magic the Gathering. Uh, I did all this theater stuff. I had one of my friends who's on the show now, uh, was like, Oh, I got to get you to come with me to this LARP thing. And I, I love Mike. He, uh, was a huge, uh, poker fan. See the doctor one? Yes. So he was the guy that when we played, he showed up not knowing he was supposed to be there. (laughs) Yes. So (laughs) that was so funny. (laughs) He's, he was a pre-med, uh, huge poker fan. Uh, never did like he didn't, he did not play Dungeons and Dragons. He'd never played a video game in his life. He didn't do any of this like traditionally nerdy stuff. Right. Yeah. At the time I was trying to, uh, write comics. Like that was my goal. So I was 
publishing a bunch of independent comics. That's Um, cool. And he was like, I was doing all this nerdy stuff. And he was like, hey, man, uh, you should come with me to this uh, live action role playing thing. And I said, Mike, I do all of these things. I'm not fucking nerdy enough for that. I'm not yeah. going to go into the woods <laughs> to swing a foam stick around and like, you know, speak in a British accent. It's not happening. That's super lame. So could be a dork, Mike. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and so he just wore me down over and over again. He finally got me to go to this thing. And so I, I agree. I was like, yeah, I'll go so I can make fun of it better. You nerd or whatever. Yeah, and exactly. so, uh, I go for the weekend and so basically what it is from 10 o'clock PM Friday night till Sunday afternoon at 2 PM, you are in character. So people are in costume, sure. people have foam weapons, uh, and you are in character. <laughs> There's a group of about a uh, hundred players and probably 30 NPCs who come out as various people over the course of the weekend. Oh, and geez. 25 minutes in there, I was in love. I just, I, I was sh- blown away. It That's is awesome. so immersive because it's 10 o'clock at night. It's dark. You get thrown out there and all of a sudden you hear all of this howling from the woods and a bunch of people dressed as werewolves come rolling into the town and start attacking people. And you're just like, <laughs> what the fuck is happening? <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's hilarious. Uh, and so it was really cool. And I've, uh, my experience with, uh, live action role playing has informed a lot of what I've brought with me back to D and D because of that level of immersiveness that all of these other player characters, like if you're new there and you don't know what's going on, you can't tell the difference between a player character and an NPC because mm-hmm. As far as you know, it's just another person in the world. You don't know who the staff is or who the NPCs are yet. Any one of these people could be a player or an NPC. And so that's gone. It's right out the window. Uh, You're just dealing. You're just part of the world. Uh, And so one of the things that's big in the LARP community is the idea that like information is treasure. Mm -hmm. Um, So they have treasure and gold and stuff like that that you can get. But there were these deep plots that were being built by everybody that the 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 treasure itself was like the secrets right and uh and and the lore and finding out the next hidden thing and that's like what drew me in the most was like finding out all these hidden parts of the world and so that's like really influenced what i do on the show um and then you had a like a question about this that got me to this and i don't i didn't answer it but i don't remember what it was either so Oh, um, oh, what I was saying is, uh, what I was asking, no, it it, it was like the second part of the, it was the second, uh, what I, what I was asking you to like explain your show and like the, the actual, the second question, I forgot about it too, but the second question was, and this is also probably wrong when I listen back to this, (laughs) but, uh, my second question was like, Nope, forgot it. Anyway, that's fine. Well, so, but the 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 thing that I love most about the live action stuff is this immersiveness to it that I've tried to bring and replicate the best I can in a tabletop setting, but it's a lot harder. Uh, but to to create a world where my players can play their characters and have interactions with these other NPCs, where mm-hmm. the importance is put on the the interaction and the discussion and less on the mechanics. So that's one of the things that I've pulled from my LARP experience that I've really have tried to make a part of the show. And I think that's one of our, the key parts of our show that might be different from other people's shows is that like people are like, Oh, you don't ever do like uh, persuasion checks. It's like, nah, man, if you persuaded him, you persuaded him. Like I'm playing the character. If you, if you convinced me, 
we're good, right? Like, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> I, I think I want to try to bring some more of that into. Like, I mean, usually, I think I sort of subconsciously do that, and then mm-hmm. like my players will go, like, "Do you want me to roll a check?" And I go, "Oh, uh, yeah, sure." <laughs> There's a lot of that on uh, where I'm like, "Oh yeah, go ahead." Like, I wasn't going to make you, but all right, yeah. And then, like, then they'll fail sometimes. I go, man, I actually, I really, you know, because sometimes they, they improvise some lines or whatever. Like, I'm going to start taking that into account more uh, uh, as a DM. Like, I watch tons of videos online about DMing and, like, you know, listen to podcasts about it. You know, it's it's always, because I'm so new new to it, like, I mean, you have you heard basically the first time that I played when it was recorded. It was the first episode of the podcast, like, <laughs> for any extended period of time and so like i've learned basically on the job mm-hmm. and i you know and so that's that's actually very very helpful i'm going to start kind of unless it's like because usually i only put out checks and i only put out stuff when i actually want them wh- when it's necessary for the story or whatever you know but yeah. usually like it's just like they're interacting with whomever and they're or or if i think or if they're trying to do something really silly i will i'll like have them roll a check but like keep it like super low yeah so it's like it's like an eight or something like that and then they're like four i'm like it was an eight come on man like you know you're i was like well you fail you know because then it turns even funnier like yeah if they're trying to do something really silly um what i I think uh, my my players really like it because they feel like they can get away with murder pretty much uh mm -hmm. but i don't think it's right for every table either you know there are definitely going to be tables where someone who doesn't have that inherent uh, extrovert in them, right? Wants to play a character who's the lead of the party and does all of the negotiating. Well, you're going to want to help that player out. You know, you're going to want to bring a little extra to the table for them with their skills. That's why they picked a 20 charisma character when yeah. real life they're a 15, you know, or 10. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a guy like that. He, he plays, um, he plays our character Ren, and when he first started playing with us, he's super. He's a super shy guy. Now he's just like, "Hey guys, what's up?" You know, he's just he's awesome. And his character is developing, but his character because he hasn't like really had that much because he was always super nice and sweet. He hasn't had that much like go against him. But recently, I've noticed he's starting to get a little big for his britches, and he's only two eight, and he's got like a <laughs> dragon hide cloak that allows him to fly. He's Im- he's impervious to fire damage while wearing the the cloak and stuff like. <laughs> he's got thalmaturgy he's like he's it's we say the god's name wrong it's like we call him ulagon but it's like urulagon or something how it's written or something like that it's like a halfling death god is what it is and but he's gotten a little big for his britches and so like i've had to knock him down a couple of pegs like when he's like communed <laughs> with the god he's like are you still happy with my work and it's like one of the yes or no answer things and i and i kind of went eh <laughs> and he goes, oh no! Like, he, like to watch him as a player, he's like, oh, he's not happy. Oh, and I also gave Uligan the Ed Wins voice, so it, King Candy. He was like, so whenever he calls him, so whenever he does like his commune with him, I go, you've got Uligan, talk to me. Like, you know, <laughs> like I love doing that, like breaking out voices. Like that's probably my favorite thing. What is some, uh, you know, what is some some good advice? I mean, you've been you've been dropping really good advice that I'm taking to heart. Like, what are some other as far as designing an adventure, like maybe it's a one shot, like, you know, do you have any advice for people out there as far as designing like their, their first, maybe their first adventure, like, you know, that sort of thing? Um, I think my biggest piece of advice is, tr- uh, try not to worry too much about how powerful your players are. 
uh, this is, I, I think, goes against the grain for a lot of people's advice. But uh, your player, yeah, all my guys is- are level nine, ex- ex- except for one. He's level eight, and I'm like, fuck, dude. They could, they surprise. I go, fuck. I didn't. I forgot he had that shit. Well, he just ruined <laughs> that whole fucking thing. Another yeah. one comes out. Now he attacks you. <laughs> <laughs> sure, but but that's the thing is that ultimately you're going to be dictating the pace of the challenge on the fly anyway. Right? Yeah. Uh, you're making decisions for these monsters. Now, monsters are going to do certain things, and encounters have the potential to be deadly, and they should have the potential to be deadly. Um, but, you know, don't worry about, like, if something is overpowered for your players. All that's going to do is make your players feel cool, uh, which turns out is, like, a feature, not a bug, right? And <laughs> all of this depends on the game you're playing. Some players want to have like a gritty, realistic encounter where they're, you know, you're trudging through snow for eight weeks before you can get to the temple. And so uh, all the stuff that comes with that, you know, running out of food and stuff, playing a survival game. Okay, fine. But if you're playing like a heroic game, don't worry about whether or not giving your uh, you know, one of the things I did on the show is my rogue rolls D8s now for sneak attacks instead of D6s because he got this super powerful artifact, right? Nice. It's a lot of power. Ultimately, it's not actually that much power. Like, mechanically, it's not a huge power increase. It's a, it's a little one, but it's not huge. But he feels awesome when he does it, right? Yeah. So that's a win. It doesn't matter if he stabs my bad guys for more now. I'll just make bad guys that have more HP. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, you're going to be balancing against what they can do anyway but he gets to feel better and feel cooler when he's doing stuff um you know and, and as long as like that's i think what the spirit of saying yes is to just continue to give players opportunities to feel cool and feel special that's your job as the dm you're not their adversary you're their ally you're trying yeah. to tell a story where the good guys like win you know maybe maybe they Hopefully. don't win but yeah but they feel like cool about it they feel like it was a fun story to be a part of in my yeah yeah that's that's the more i learn about it uh the more i like that's where i try to go i try to set them up for success uh similarly like our, our our half elf pirate wizard um he has a lot of spells where even if the people succeed, they take half damage or whatever. So I, I implemented a rule. I went, Hey, uh, I'm going to do this where if it's a, if I roll a natural 20 against one of those things, nothing happens. He doesn't take half damage because it's a natural 20. However, if I roll a crit fail, it gets mm-hmm. double damage. Nice. And one That's of, fun. One of his spells last, he, he already rolls 10 D six for it. It's like lightning bolt or something like that. <laughs> I crit failed. He got to, we got it on video. He got to roll 20 D six and he just fried this dude into dust. <laughs> like there's an and old, it was, uh, there's an old joke about, uh, like from, from way back when I was playing D and D it was like, if you don't want to fight vampires anymore, find a vampire killing sword. And then the DM will never throw vampires at you. Right. Yeah. I think that's sort of the opposite mentality, like many things in the old days. That's sort of the opposite mentality of what we should have. If your players are like, you've got that player who's uh, immune to fire. Yeah. Well, he's going to feel really cool when he fights a fire elemental. Yeah. Uh, you know, even if you have, he has no chance of losing that fight, right? He's yeah. still going to feel like a badass because he got to fight a fire elemental and he's immune to fire. And everyone else is like, oh, that fire elemental sure was tough. And he's like, ha, 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 I feel great. Right? Yeah. P- lean into that. Not every fight, yeah. obviously. You got to give him challenges. But, but give you, like, if a player has a high skill in uh, sleight of hand, Give them challenges that use sleight of hand. 
so that they yeah. have an opportunity to use the skills that they invested in and get to feel cool. That's really smart. I, I do. That's something I actually have been kind of like I'm going over the character sheets when I've been designing stuff like where each guy kind of gets. That was probably my biggest problem in season two is like I didn't kind of figure that out until later. Um, mm-hmm. But like now I'm really sort of because they're they're hop skipping and jumping around land masses right now and they've mm-hmm. time traveled. So it's like each <laughs> thing, each thing that they did. What's what's crazy is that technically they're back in time when they are in a time displacement trunk right now. So like they're back when they were already like being hidden away so they can roam around the world freely. But time's going to start messing with them uh, here pretty soon. <laughs> um they got to get back and then like they got to get back uh got to get back in time and uh and got to get you know got to get to the end of it you know fine but they're setting up like all these elements uh right now they're the, all these different dragon things like where it's like they're getting these items of the dragons that ran the four land masses basically hmm. and uh and all this different stuff and like i yeah i do really try now to like make each person a hero you know, at least once an episode or like if they improv something or they're like, I want to do this. And I think it's a funny idea. I totally let them just like take rain now. Whereas before I was like, no, we have to play the game that I made. And now it's right. like, I'm like, like, nah, dude, just, yeah, let you be a hero. So, cause then you, you sound, they have more fun on the episode. Like I can hear them having more fun. Like there's more laughs around the table and, and that, you know, that causes the other guys to, that causes the other guys to, uh, um, you know, like, you know, perk up and like, oh, we're being sillier. Or we're doing, have you guys ever had it? We just had recently the episode that came out on Monday. I had to cut it out. It was five and a half minutes of arguing because like the map that I drew and the way I explained it were two different kind of ways. It's like in my head, it made sense, but it made sense in a different way to another guy. And we just got kept round robin arguing. Have you guys ever had any uh, so, uh, arguments yeah, could, that you've had to cut out in like the last three years. We haven't really had a like nothing too too big. One of my rules that I sent around to the uh, I I made up a list of rules when we started the show, specifically because it was a podcast and because some of them are just things I don't want to deal with when I play Dungeons and Dragons anyway. Sure. I was like, look, we're not going to take uh, into account any mundane items. You have as many arrows as you need. I'm no, I don't okay. care. Uh, we're not going to do trail rations. I don't care about trail rations. Uh, I'll assume you guys know how to get food. Yeah. Right. Right. I was like, I'm not going to, we're not going to take into account weight limits in terms of carrying unless you abuse the system. If you tell me you're carrying 500 ladders, well, now we have an issue, <laughs> right? But, but if it's like, like on a regular basis, I, I don't care how much you can carry physically. It doesn't matter. Um, but one of the things I said was if we ever come across a discrepancy, I'm just going to decide in the moment and we'll figure it out later. Right. Uh, and, and that way we can just keep playing in the moment. We have a limited time to play. We're just going to do it. And then we'll, we'll come back to it later. We have had some confusion from time to time. Uh, I don't, we don't do any visual aids on the show. Like Mm. we don't use roll 20. I don't send them any maps or anything like that. Everything is just spoken because I figure if you're driving in your car, listening to the podcast, you're going to have nothing in front of you that you can see visually. So I have to make sure I'm conveying the message verbally so that my players can understand it. And there have been a couple of times where I've had to stop and be like, okay, clearly I did a bad job. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Let's start over. (laughs) Yeah. I definitely like when I listen back to, I go, okay, I definitely fucked up there. I do it. I have a, I have a dry erase board and I draw Mm -hmm. it just because some of the, some of the guys are so, they're just that's just how their brain works 
Otherwise, well, they'll have to keep answering. They'll keep asking me questions I've already answered. I'm just like, you know, no. I've, so here it is. The dynamic is so different in a room, too. Yeah. You know, uh, I had the opportunity to go on to another podcast at one point as a guest. They all played in the same room. Mm-hmm. And I was Skyping in. Mm. And man, that was tough for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you know, there was a delay and they were all used to working with each other. They're all rapid fire. They can all see each other. They're in the same room and I'm kind of trying to interject here and there or whatever, but, uh, yeah, that's how I felt playing with you guys. I mean, not in a bad way, but like, if you listen to like the first 15 minutes of the episode, I barely do anything because for me, it turned into a TV show. I just sat there and like watched you guys play. I was like, (laughs) Oh fuck, I'm a part of this. I forgot. (laughs) Cause like you were like Lin Juan. What do you, I was like, Oh, right. Oh, um, yeah. I do this thing or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, yeah. That, I, I kind of ran into that with Durok. Like I said, like uh, he was sick. And so like he's normally sitting directly across from me. And so now we can all just hear him and he can only sort of see me through like the Skype window or whatever. Uh, he can only see like the right, right side of me from where my computer is set up. And, um, and so I, I would have to consciously be like, okay, and now what do you do? You know, like I'd look at the computer, like, what does Durock do? You know, Durock, you haven't said anything or what, you know, that was definitely difficult. Uh, but if we were all on Skype, I think it'd be different, you know, doing the, the setup. Do you guys, do, when you guys play online, do you find it more flexible since you guys kind of have, or, or is it still hard since you guys are all in different time zones and all over the country? Uh, scheduling wise, it's always a nightmare. We have, I mean, there are six human beings on the podcast who have to all have their schedules aligned, right? Yeah. Uh, and that's just, uh, that's, we're all adults <laughs> with like yeah. jobs and responsibilities and, uh, you know, I'm the only one with kids, but that has a huge impact too. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm lucky so, that my kids are older, but yeah. Uh, mine aren't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when, and funny because like we, you know, we were talking earlier about backlogs, like creating a backlog. Uh, mm-hmm. I had a huge, huge backlog that I made sure I had before my daughter was born uh, because my son was a little bit older than the show. Uh, my daughter was born while we were doing the show. And I was like, oh, I got to have a big backlog for this. We burned that up hard. Well, like right after she yeah. was born. <laughs> I would imagine. Yeah. But uh, our, one of our guys is in Europe right now. He's been there for three weeks. And I'm like, hey, guy, like, we we can't we can't play in June. That can't be the first time because he's back, I think, next week. And I was like, you know, as as of this recording, I'm not sure when this is going out, but I'm like, we need to play at least once in May because <laughs> otherwise we'll have zero episodes come June 3rd if we play June 1st and yeah. then we'll only have four. And then if we wait a month, like, I don't want to do that. Like, I need yeah. at least four more, you know. So, yeah, scheduling is super tough. And especially just because of the way people's schedules are and how people's jobs are, we only have Saturdays available to play. And so and, then it's yeah. scheduling a Saturday that works for everybody. Right. Um, which is I, I some people our players to uh, to set aside Sunday nights. Right. Mm. So it's like, look, Sunday nights is our night. If uh, if you got something up like that happens, things happen, they come up, you know, like I had to skip a Sunday or whatever. That's fine uh, as long as it's intermittent. But try to make Sunday night our night, you know. Yeah. Uh, But sometimes we have to like bump it to a Monday or a Tuesday and then I work evenings the rest of the week. So, (laughs) okay, (laughs) that makes it hard. But, uh, you know, we have to do off off night recording sometimes even then because scheduling six people is a, a nightmare yeah i'm thinking maybe one time uh it, it would be difficult to do but like because we can't really record during the week and it would be tough like 
and one of our guys lives 45 minutes away and so like Oof. he drives down so like and he's the guy who's he's actually the guy who has probably one of the more like you know open schedules even though he lives 45 minutes away he's like i don't care i'll, I'll come down he just like loves playing um uh, we got to wrap this up here pretty soon, so I'm going to ask you two two more questions. Yeah. One, oh, I think this is maybe the one that I forgot, which was, what is what is an adventure, a dungeon, an encounter, whatever? What is your favorite thing that you've designed for your players? Either it could be because you designed, you're like, dude, this is kick ass, and then it played exactly how you wanted it, or you designed it, and because they took it a different way it made it way better than you realized it could be. And then you start improvising new shit in it. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was, that was part of it. The, the, uh, whether when players surprise me, yeah. uh, players surprising me is my favorite thing. Like hands down when they choose to do something I did not have as one of my possibilities. And that's mm-hmm. where the, the LARP thing came in because when you're dealing with, uh, you know, and when you're when you're sitting at a Dungeons and Dragons table and you're the DM and you have five people in front of you, those are five brains you're not accounting for, right? Yeah. That someone's going to come up with something that you don't expect. Uh, at a LARP, there are a hundred PCs, so wow, that means that there are a hundred people who can come up with a wild idea that you weren't expecting, right? That's bananas, so dude. They have to be a lot more flexible in terms of. Uh, accepting what players are putting in and then altering their plans on the fly to make things change. And so I seeing that and being a part of it has been hugely influential for me in trying to turn around and be more flexible for my players when uh, things come up. And that's where like the idea of just, if you know the rules of your world, if you know, Mm -hmm. if you can uh, have an ironclad way that all of these things work, in your mind, your players don't need to know it, but if you know it, then no matter what they throw at you, you will find an answer for, mm-hmm. right? At the very least, you can say, yeah, that doesn't destroy the world. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't fuck up everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, like, my players uh, many times have come up with some really wacky plans that I've just been like, yeah, sure, let's do that. Okay. Uh, it doesn't, that, or I've, I've said to them before, like, uh, you do that, it does nothing, and you don't know why. And it would be good for you to go and research why that didn't work, right? And now nice. from it, they have like a whole new thing they are going to go ask NPCs that they've interacted with in the past. Hey, we tried to do this and it didn't happen. Do you know why? You know, my favorite encounters on the show are encounters with, like, uh, I think somewhere around year one, they had uh, they accidentally summoned an angel of the god <laughs> nice. of the plains. And I'm not there yet. I started at the beginning. I think I'm in episode 24 or something like that right now. Sure. So it's, it's like, uh, you know, you're about halfway to what I'm talking about. Cool. (laughs) But the, the angel shows up and is only allowed to answer questions on a limited scope, but they can just ask the angel, whatever. And it's all of my NPCs have their own perspectives. None of it is necessarily truth in terms of the game world, but it's truth to those characters. They think they are, you know, from their perspective, they are telling the truth, but it's, or, you know, most of the time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Unless they have a reason not to, Uh, but they're telling the truth and it's up to the PCs to determine, you know, from all of these various sources who might have given them conflicting information about the same things, what the real truth is in between. 
Um, yeah. And those encounters are my favorite. When I get to just sit across from them and answer questions from that NPC's perspective and watch them try to figure out which questions to ask, what things they'll get information out of, what's new, what they already yeah. knew. Like uh, to watch them sort of figure that all out and to be, that's one of my, that's my favorite thing to run. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I do like that because I, I, I'll catch up with my players like every couple months or something like that and I'll just send them a message like, you know, text them or whatever and be like, especially if they just had a really good session, I go, what do you like doing or like what is something that you would want to see have happen or, you know, whatever and just so see if I can work it in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but most of all, like my 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 pirate wizard guy, he goes, I like RP and I like battle. That's what I like doing. I like making shit up and I like talking to people and figuring shit out. And then I like blowing this shit up. And I was just like, I was like, all right, man, cool. And so like, because we just had, so now like taking those things and they are very good RPers. The only thing that I will say is that sometimes they meta a little bit. So like, I I have to be very careful with them and be like that. You don't, you don't know that. Or like, you know, (laughs) or, or, or like, ah, is, would he react that way? Like, well, yeah, because of, I was like, ah, but he doesn't know that. So how would he react? You know, like, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a uh, interesting thing. That's awesome. Uh, so my final question for you is, uh, why was my episode of the Patreon the most beloved? <laughs> well, your episode of the Patreon has very interesting. I can't wait for you to get to the point where it kind of slots in. It has okay. very interesting game world uh, implications. Oh, uh, yeah, because you were kind of saying stuff about that and i was like i don't know i'll figure it out eventually but like that's awesome one of my like i love uh, again i'm a huge fan of lost uh the the television series so uh anytime that i can like you know drop the plot bomb on my players i am giddy uh mm-hmm. so uh, at the end of your session uh a character made a deal with another character uh yeah. that happens off screen but she comes out and basically announces it and all of the players like you you didn't know what was going on but the other players who are regular players on the show are just like oh no oh Oh, no i think i remember what you're talking about and i was like all right (laughs) but in my head i was like i probably missed something because because like when you were explaining like when you were explaining like that attack like with like like it had it was like the orcs or something like that and they were like pushing that thing like through the through the town or whatever, you know, like like trying to herd people towards the center or whatever. Yeah. I completely misunderstood. I didn't realize that, like, we were behind it. I thought we were in front of it. So my yeah, actions... Yeah, did too, which means that was probably my fault. If two players have the same uh, misconception, that means I did yeah. a bad job explaining it. <laughs> yeah, well, I, when I listened back to it, though, like, you, you said it right. I just wasn't listening. Like, I, I mean, I was, but I, I wasn't. Right. I just it just didn't click right in my head, and since I don't get to play all that often, but like, yeah, uh, no, but I do remember that because I think it was nearer the end or something, right? And it's yeah. like, yeah, whatever care I forget, yeah. And everyone like was like, what? And I was like, I don't what? <laughs> Fuck! I probably just missed it again. I don't. It was probably something <laughs> at the beginning where I was just like watching them play, and like this means something to them because they all know what the hell's going on. And I was like, I don't fucking know. And we still uh, have not uh, circled back necessarily to address that in game. And I'm very excited for us to get to that and to have the patrons who already will have that little that bit info. of insight. They'll know. Uh, That's dope. And then the new player, or the the regular listeners, you know, the the listeners who aren't patrons, will get the same picture, but they won't have it. They won't have the like the build up to it, you know. Yeah. 
Well, hey, if Lin Wan needs to come back, even in your regular season, you just let old Bentley know. Sunday I, nights are open. I will let you know because that's the I've I've done that with other uh, guests is that they play the same character consistently throughout the universe. So yeah, man, that'd be uh, super fun. I'm into that. I've never played a monk before, so it was interesting, like having to be kind of like up close and that sort of thing. Yeah, and uh, and also like it, it's a it's a weird thing because you play over Skype, you feel as though you have to be more honest with your roles. Like every time I rolled, I wanted to like bring my roll tray up to like the camera big like, see, no, I'm and, being serious. You know, and my secret is that I don't care. Um, I, <laughs> I really don't care if my players so awesome. fudge their roles. That doesn't matter to me per se. Like, um, you know, if you're like, Oh, I not 20 and I not 20 and I not 20. I'm like, okay, well like, where's the fun here? Right? Like if you yeah. need to cheat that badly, you need it more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> That's super funny. Yeah. Cause like I got a couple of them like, and I was like, are they going to think that I'm fucking with them or something like that? Like, yeah, it doesn't, it, that, that to me is like, uh, I, I'm not a, a purist of the dice, you know, it's, uh, yeah. it's whatever the story is telling, then, then go for it. And, but I also like, you know, if you're rolling dice, roll the dice or whatever, but if you cheat, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and if, uh, anybody out there listening right now wants a, uh, 15% off, go to awesomedice.com and use our promo code chaotic at checkout to get 15% off your order. Roll those dice. Anthony won't care. <laughs> Anthony Reed has been very, very fun talking to you. He is the DM, uh, the man behind the scenes, the man behind the curtain of adventure incorporated out on all, pretty much all podcasting, uh, where you get podcasts from. Correct. Yeah. Apparently not Pandora. Go find us well, somewhere else. Pandora people. <laughs> yeah. You Pandora dummies. Um, <laughs> We're not on Pandora yet. We're waiting to hear back. <laughs> waiting to hear back. <laughs> Pandora, we love you. It was a secret. Don't know. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Please don't leave us. Uh, and uh, you're at Adventure Inc. on Twitter and Instagram? or I think it's Adventure Inc. Pod. At Adventure Inc. Pod. Uh, okay. I'll make sure it's all right in the liner notes. Yeah. And then if uh, yeah, anybody that, wants to follow Pod. you personally on Twitter or Instagram, where are you at? Just follow me at Adventure Inc. Pod. Because I don't if I can't use the Adventure Inc. podcast uh Twitter, I can barely use my own. You know what I mean? So that's just <laughs> the best place to get if if someone's posting there, it's me. Uh and if you want to cool. get in touch with me, go there. Bentley, this cool, has been cool, so cool. much fun. Thank you so much for having me on for this. Yeah. It was a blast. It was dope. I love I love talking to uh other other crazy people. So I can just talk about D D for hours and hours and hours. So. I know. <laughs> it's the best i actually have something i want i want to tell you about off mic because my players can't hear about it yet Ooh. so ladies and gentlemen that has been our extra show little dm chat maybe uh is there a dm out there that you want to hear from is there a podcast reach out to them and then i'll reach out to them and then you know we'll reach out and touch some no that's bad okay so uh, for this episode of chaotic amateurs i've been your host and interviewer bentley michaels grab your swords and keep on adventuring follow us across all platforms with chaotic amateurs please subscribe rate and review our show on your podcast app of choice to help us climb the charts and find new adventurers or become a patron on patreon to help our heroes continue their quest Thank you for listening to Chaotic Amateurs.